morning, church. I'm glad you're either here in the building this morning or tuning in online. I uh, jumped the gun a little bit on an announcement that I was going to be back in the building on February 28th. And in normal circumstances, I would have been. But unfortunately, my son Tasha's numbers are still running a little low. Everything's good. He's fine. Everything's normal. But they just need to wait for his white blood cell counts to come up in order to bring him in for his last round of treatment. And uh, the doctor said this is, this is very normal. But uh, you can pray because he goes in tomorrow, Monday, to get tested to see if those numbers support him going in for treatment, and then he'll start his final cycle on Tuesday. So please be in prayer because we'd like to get him in there so we can kind of get everything done with. Obviously, as you know, like waiting is kind of, you know, you get very anxious when you're waiting. So uh, we're just praying and trusting the Lord, and obviously we're going to trust in his plan. So I'm going to open in a word of prayer, and then we're going to get right into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. We're thankful for each person that's either here in the building or tuning in online. We just pray, Lord, that you would continue to help us keep our focus in on you. I pray now as we start this series uh, right into Easter about how you have a plan for our lives. I pray that as we deal with each of these issues that we would understand your plan and we would trust that you do, in fact, have a plan for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said, today we're starting a series that will take us right to Easter Sunday, and it's called God's Plan. And as I stated in my sermon last week, I had planned, okay, I had planned to preach this sermon series going into Easter of 2020, and the week that I was going to start, which was March 22nd, 2020, went, ended up being the first week that we were actually not allowed to meet together. So at that time, after praying, it was evident that I needed to speak directly to what was going on in our lives and in the world. So I put a series together. I put this series on ice, and then I put a series together called Learning and Growing in Crisis. And we learned and grew through crisis for 13 weeks and then finally got back here on June 14th. And then we went into that series uh, about uh, nature declaring the glory of God. So now here we are. Three weeks short of one year later, and I feel this series right now is even more relevant than it was when I actually mapped it out over a year ago. So what we're going to do is we're going to deal with six different issues when it comes to God's plan in our lives. And you'll notice the tagline for the series is actually Proverbs 16:9, and that is, we can make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Or in other words, God has the final say. He has the plan. We can plan, but God has the final say. So today what we're going to do what we're going to do is we're going to deal with God's plan when we don't understand. Okay? God's plan when we don't understand. Now, many times in life things happen that we don't understand. These are not things that are connected with some sin in our life or a bad decision that we made. These are, we're going to learn about things like that next week. These are things that happen when we just don't really understand why they're happening or the timing of those things actually happening. 
Now, these are things that we have little to no control over, and it leaves us in a place that we wonder and question. Why is this happening? Why now? How can anything good possibly come out of this? We may ask God at this point, do you really have a plan? Do you really have a plan? So let's be honest. The things that bother us are the things that, or the things that bother us are the things that we don't understand are usually the bad things, right? When bad things happen, those are the things that bother us. Those are the things that we don't understand. Those are the things like a pandemic, like financial loss, like health issues, like the loss of a loved one, loss of a loved one, like heartbreak, anything bad or uncomfortable. Those are the things that we question. Those are the things that we say, I don't understand why this is happening. I would venture to say that no one sits around and says this, I don't understand why all these good things happen to me. It just doesn't make sense. Why do all these good things happen? Nobody actually asks that question. In fact, we actually think we deserve good things. And when we don't receive good things, and when good things don't happen to us, we say, why? Why in the world aren't these good things happening? But we fail to realize that oftentimes good things come out of bad situations. And the reason for that is God does have plans for each one of us. The reason for that is God does have plans for each one of us, even when we don't understand. So we're going to pick up in Luke's gospel, and there's an account in which Jesus actually tells his disciples what's going to happen to him in Jerusalem. And the passage says that the disciples didn't understand. And here's what Jesus was doing. He was actually describing the events of the Holy Week, describing the events that were leading up to his crucifixion and his resurrection. So let's start in Luke 18, verses 31 through 32. It says this, <clears throat> And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man, which is Jesus, by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. So notice this. I just want to point out. He says everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets. So these are things that were written down in the prophecies about Jesus. And we can find them throughout the Old Testament. So these disciples should have known about these things. So then he goes on to say this. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. Notice it says, but they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them and they did not grasp what was said. So Jesus was actually revealing God the Father's plan. And the disciples did not understand that this was the way things needed to be or were supposed to be. See, we understand now on the other side of the cross, because when you hear that, when you and I hear that, we're like, duh, duh, why didn't they understand? Okay, why didn't they understand? The prophet spoke to it, and now we see exactly what happened. So we look now on the other side of the cross, and we realize this is the gospel, that Jesus Christ would be delivered up and would be crucified and would die in our place for our sins. And three days later, he would rise from the grave to prove that he is God and that all who believe will have eternal life. 
You see, understanding the gospel is important for many reasons, and the obvious one is salvation. All who believe will have eternal life. But we don't stop there, because understanding the gospel also helps us understand God, especially when it comes to his plans for our life. Now, this verse I used last week, I think, and this is in Romans 8.32. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? You see, because the father was willing to give up the son, he is also willing to meet our needs. You know what? This verse is a reminder that God has a plan for you. And if you ever question that God, if God has a plan for you, even when these things happen that you don't understand, these bad things happen that you don't understand, or these difficult things happen that you don't understand, you need to go back to the gospel and look and say, well, you know what? If God was willing to give up his one and only son in my place for my sins, of course he's going to continue to work and he's going to continue to do things in my life. He's going to continue to lead and guide me. So what I want to do now is I want to get very practical as far as what we should do when we don't understand God's plans for our life. What we should do. So something comes into our life and we're like, why? What's going on here? I don't understand. How do we respond? What should we do? So the first thing that we need to do is when we don't understand God's plan, we need to realize there is sin in the world. We need to realize there is sin in the world. The bad things that happen are because of sin in the world. Let me just tell you that again. The bad things that happen are because of sin in this world. Look at what Romans 8.20 says. It says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope. See, here what we see is this. We see that sin's curse is on all of creation. Now, that begs a question, doesn't it? The question is, why is all creation cursed because of Adam and Eve's sin? Why is all creation cursed? Why is there a sin curse on all creation because of Adam and Eve's sin? Well, the answer is that God gave humans, Adam and Eve, dominion over all creation in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. When they sinned, everything that they are responsible for or were responsible for actually inherited or was cursed by sin. So now, when we have bad things in our lives that happen, we, that we can't connect to any specific sin that we may have committed, we can connect bad things that happen in our lives to sin in general in the world. So we can never really say, I don't understand why bad things happen. Okay, for the Christian, we can never really say, I don't understand why bad things happen, because the answer is always, because we live in a sin cursed world. Okay, we can never say, I don't understand why bad things happen, because the answer is, we live in a sin cursed world. See, God did not create sin, and sin is because of rebellion, and rebellion has brought a curse that we have to live with every day. And the main reason, and that is the main reason why bad things happen. Okay, we live in this sin cursed world, in these sin-cursed bodies, 
in this world, and we have to live in that every day till we pass from this earth. But does that make God not in control or not sovereign? Because that's where we left off last week. If you remember, God is sovereign or God is in control. So if we live in this sin-cursed world, does that mean that God is like kind of out of control, not in control? Well, the answer to that has to be no, because God is sovereign and God is in control. So what we learn as Christians is this. God uses those things to bring forth his ultimate plan in our lives. God uses those things to bring forth his ultimate plan in our lives. Which brings us to the next thing that we need to do is when we don't understand God's plan, we have to accept the situation. See, some people get caught up and they're like, oh, these bad things happen and they can't accept it. Okay, they can't accept it. They just live in denial or they just live in anger towards God. They shake their fist at God. They turn their back on God. They turn their back on their faith. So what we need to do is this. We need to accept the situation. Now, things that happen that we don't understand, that we can't change, we need to accept those things, deal with it, and continue to move forward, okay? We need to accept those things, deal with those things, and continue to move forward. Now, this is a touchy one, especially when it comes to losing someone you love. Many of you out there have lost someone you love, and you know this is, it's tough to accept, it's tough to deal with, and it's tough to move forward. But that doesn't make it true. That doesn't make it false that you don't need to. Because we need to accept these things. So now in Ecclesiastes 7, 13 through 14, it says this. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. So now this verse is saying, accept the good days, the prosperity, and be joyful. Accept the bad days and consider, you know what? God made both, okay? There's good days and there's bad days. Not saying God created the sin, but God is saying he's in charge of both. So now accept that with joy and consider, you know what, this is where I live right now. And also, we don't know what is ahead of us or what the future will bring. So in many senses, this is saying, okay, you're living in this day right now that you don't like, that you don't understand, this bad thing is happening, but you don't know what the next day brings and how God is going to use whatever happened in this day to bring glory to himself in the coming days, weeks, months, or even years. Now, I have to admit, I'm a little slower with this one when it comes to accepting the bad things. Because normally, my first response is, come on. Seriously? I mean, even when I'm doing like a project and something doesn't go my way, like I, I make a bad cut on the wood or something like that, or I spill something, I'm like, come on. Seriously? And my family will tell you, they hear me like, come on. Seriously, I can't believe this. Now, thankfully, when I get the time to think and pray, I normally accept it relatively quickly, and I start to look for the positives in the situation. But the truth here is this. We need to accept what's going on so that we can deal with it and work through everything that that situation 
has for us. Now, there's a very famous prayer that many of you may have heard, and uh, recovery groups use this prayer. It's by Reinhold Niebuhr. It's called the prayer for serenity. Now, serenity is the state of being calm, peaceful, and untroubled. So we realize this, when something bad happens in our life, and we don't understand why it's going on, we're like, what's this going on? It's hard to be calm, it's hard to be peaceful, and it's hard to be untroubled. So this prayer, this serenity prayer, is basically this man, Reinhold Niebuhr, asking God, okay? So now Christians and recovery groups and different things have used this prayer because it's helpful. It's helpful. It brings some perspective to our lives. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to go through this prayer. He says this, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So he starts off saying, hey, listen, God, have, give me the peace to accept the things I cannot change. There's going to be things that happen in our lives that we cannot change. There's nothing humanly possible that you can do to make the situation better or to change the situation. So he's saying, help me to accept this. Okay, help me to accept this. Of course, there's going to be things that maybe we can change. Okay, there's going to be things, maybe there's some kind of action that we can do to change the situation. So he says, give me the courage to change the things I can. And then he says, the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, the wisdom to know the difference. Because if you don't have the wisdom to know the difference, you could be beating your head against the wall trying to change something that's never going to change. So then he goes on to say this, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. So now we're saying that he's saying this, I have to live and enjoy each moment. You know, I have to tell you this week, like last week, I was so excited to say, this week I'm coming back. I'm going to be back at church live. And then went to the doctors on Monday. The doctor said, oh, no, no, he's not ready for treatment yet. Ah, uh, okay. Went to, back to the doctors Wednesday. Oh, no, no, he's not ready for treatment yet. So, you know what? I could spend this whole past week being like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Or I could say, you know what? I got to live each day. And enjoy each moment. I don't want to race to the next moment because guess what? I can't make time go any quicker. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to waste my time if I wallow in these things and don't accept these things. So we have to live each moment and accept hardship as a pathway to peace. So do you see what this is saying? This is saying God is using these hard times to actually grow you in your faith as you start to be at peace with the fact that you're living in this world. Your job is to glorify God. And sometimes things that are uncomfortable and bad happen in our life that we're going to have to deal with. But God's going to grow you through it. He says, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it. Okay, there's going to be things in this world that we're never going to be able to change. This sinful world, the curse of sin, we can't change it. We have to live with it until we pass from this earth. So then he goes on to say, the last part of his prayer says, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, 
so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. So he's saying, trusting, you're going to make all things right. Okay, I trust you have an ultimate plan, God. You're in control. Okay, I'm trusting you. That's what this whole series is about. You have a plan. You're in control. But I need to surrender to that. I'm not going to try to fight. I'm not going to try to wrestle. I'm going to surrender to your will. But I love what he says here. This is probably my favorite line. He says, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life. Reasonably happy. Who prays that? Reasonably happy? If you're going to pray, you're going to be like, I want to be really, really happy. But he says reasonably happy because he knows this. We'll never be truly happy and content in this world. So then he says, and supremely happy with you. Where? forever in the next, okay? The Christian should realize this. We'll never achieve happiness and bliss that God intends for us to have here on this earth. It will always be in the next. Remember, this world is not our home. You see, when I read this prayer, it speaks of hope, doesn't it? Because so many times when bad things happen that we don't understand, our prayers are prayers of despair filled with complaints. They're prayers like this, Lord, this stinks. Why me? Why are you do what are you doing in my life? My life should be perfect. This shouldn't happen to me. I'm a pretty good person. I don't deserve this. Do you see the difference between those two prayers? Okay? The difference is action based on who God is, which brings hope, which is Reinhold Niebuhr's prayer. And the other prayer that sometimes we fall into the trap of praying is reaction in complaints based on my comfort, which ultimately brings despair. Okay, because when we complain, maybe you're there, maybe you complain to God, maybe you complain to your friends. People that complain all the time are miserable. And we've all fallen into that trap, right? We complain about things. And we're miserable when we do. When we can't accept what's going on, it actually thwarts our purpose. You see, our purpose on this earth is to bring glory to God. Our purpose on this earth is to bring glory to God. So if you and I wait until everything is going right, or everything is going the way we think we, we think it should go to live our main purpose of bringing glory to God, guess what? You'll never live that purpose out because you'll always find something that's not just right. You'll always find something wrong and then you'll say to yourself, well, once that's taken care of, then I could actually do that. But God is saying, no, no, no. Each day, right here, right now, you need to live to bring glory to me. Which brings us to our next thing, is when we don't understand God's plan, remember, you have a purpose. Remember, you have a purpose. Do you realize the opposite of depression is not happiness? It's actually purpose. The opposite of depression is actually not happiness, it's purpose. One of the ways we can understand that, one of the ways that we can understand that the things that happen that we don't understand is remember there is a purpose, okay? So when something happens that you don't understand, you have to remember 
There is a purpose. If God is in control, if God has a plan, there must be a purpose in the things that happen. Philippians 1.6, the Apostle Paul says it this way. He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So what he's saying is, hey, listen, Christian, God began this work in you. He saved you. So I'm sure of this. I'm 100% sure of this. He who began it is going to continue on. And he's going to bring it to completion until when? Until the day of Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. And that's either the day Jesus comes and raptures us or the day he brings you home. You know, people, most people want to know this, that their life matters, that they're making a difference. And when something happens that we don't understand, if we, if we can start to think, if we start to think something like this, oh, this is pointless, I have no purpose, guess what? We're not going to live with purpose. We're going to think our lives are pointless. But since God is in control, there must be a purpose for what you are dealing with and going through right now. There must be. There has to be if God is in control, which we believe that he is. So we take the things that happen that we don't understand and we look for purpose in those things. Well, how do we do that? Well, one of the main, main ways to figure out how your experience can be used to bring glory to God is actually start to learn from the situation. So when we don't understand, what we need to do is this. We need to learn from the situation. So take this situation, realize there must be some purpose because God is in control, God has a plan, and now you have to look at the situation and learn from it. See, if our purpose is to bring glory to God, that means that everything that happens has some sort of purpose, so we need to learn. In Proverbs 24, 32, Solomon, after observing things in life, said this, Then I saw and considered it. Looked, I looked and received instruction. So he's saying, I've observed, and I saw, and I considered, and I looked, and I learned, I received instruction. So for all of us right now, because we're all going through a pretty similar thing with this whole COVID pandemic that we've been dealing with for a year, okay? So let's take COVID for example. What did you learn? What did you learn? Maybe you learned that spending time with family is something that you were missing out on before, but now you've gotten a whole year to spend close time with family. Maybe doing social things is something that you were not doing before, but now after not being able to do those things, you realize how important it is to be socially connected. Maybe being at church physically is more important than you realized after not being able to go to church for a year for some of you and only tuning in online, you realize, you know what, I need to get back there. And I have good news because we're getting back outside probably in another month or so once the weather breaks. Maybe you've learned that the church, I know this is one of the things that I learned, that the church can innovate and keep doing ministry even under restrictions. Maybe you learned something simple like washing your hands is important. Maybe you learned, and I hope you learned this, respecting other people's opinions is a good Christian testimony. Maybe you learned that social media is annoying. Maybe you learned that social media can be helpful to keep you connected. Maybe you learned there are people in your life that are more spiritually lost than you ever thought possible. 
Maybe you learn that there are people in your life that are wiser than, than you thought they were. Maybe you learn that there are people in, in your life that are not as wise as you thought. So here's what we do. So when something happens and we don't understand, make a list. Make a list of the things that we learned from the situation. Another way we learn from the situation is to ask questions. These are questions that you can ask yourself or seek guidance from a godly person that you respect their opinion. Here's what Proverbs 19:20 says. It says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future, okay? So what's happening now actually will make you wiser for the future, for things that happen in the future. So you can ask yourself some questions. How can I use this situation in my life to bring glory to God? How can I grow in my faith from this situation? How am I responding in the wrong way? And how am I responding in the right way? Let me just tell you this. When a situation comes in your life, whether it be COVID or something else, that you just don't understand why this is happening. It's a direct result of the sin-cursed world we live in. If you learn nothing, that is on you. If you learn nothing, that is on you. You wasted an opportunity to grow and the future opportunities to bring glory to God. That's totally on you. You've wasted that opportunity. And I don't want that to happen to you. And I know that you don't want that to happen to you. So the next thing is applied now in all areas of life, but it can be hard to do when we don't understand what God's plan is. And that is this, to be obedient no matter what. When we don't understand God's plan, be obedient no matter what. Don't allow something that you don't understand to cause you to disobey something you do understand. Okay, let me say that again. Don't allow something that you don't understand cause you to disobey something that you do understand. James says it this way. He says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers. Many of you know the right thing to do. You've been hearing the right thing to do. You've been reading the right thing to do. Maybe some of you have been Christians for 30 or 40 years. You know the right thing to do. There are so many things that are absolutely clear in God's word that we are supposed to obey. But it's common when people find themselves in a difficult situation that they don't understand, they pursue sin to ease the pain. That means they respond in sinful ways to the situation rather than going to God and being obedient to him. This can manifest itself in substance abuse, prescription drugs to ease the pain, alcohol to numb the pain. Maybe in stress you go to unhealthy sinful habits as an escape. These are all common pitfalls and traps and we need to avoid these because it leads down the path of disobedience. Now, Going through something difficult that you don't fully understand is never an excuse to disobey. But we all understand why people do, but it's not going to be helpful and it's not God's desire for you. So obviously we want to be compassionate to our friends and our fellow Christians that wind up responding to something the wrong way because you know what? We might not know what it's like to go through what they're going through. So we want to be compassionate, but we also want to be loving and truthful and say, hey, you know what? It's not an excuse to disobey. God is clear when he gives us his commands. And guess what? The reason why he gives us those commands is because they're going to be helpful for us 
in our lives. So when we do disobey, it's not going to be helpful. And it's not really God's best for you. It's not what he wants for you. Now, finally, when we don't understand God's plan, what we do is we seek guidance from God. Seek guidance from God. It says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. See, God wants to counsel us, wants to instruct us, wants to teach us in which way that we should go. The things that we don't understand, he understands because it's part of his plan. So if God has a plan, then he is the one to go to for guidance. Guidance for all situation is found in his word. And it's found in going to him in prayer. Okay, don't just throw your hands up and say, I don't understand why this happened. This stinks. I hate this. What is going on here? God, why? God, why? No, go to God and ask him, what should I do? I don't like this situation. He knows you don't like it. He's been in our shoes when he was going to the cross, right? But the truth is, Jesus knew that the Father had a master plan. Do you know that Jesus, in order for you to bring glory to him, do you know that he wants to make you a better Christian? He wants to make you a better follower of him. And trusting that he has a plan for you, even though you don't fully understand, will actually help you grow in your faith, and that will bring glory to him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. We're thankful for everything you've done for us. We're thankful for this church. We're thankful, Lord, for the fact that we can follow you, even in times when we don't understand exactly everything that's going on. But we know that keeping our focus on you and knowing that you have a purpose for each thing that comes into our lives and how we respond will either bring glory to you or will not be helpful for us. So we pray for each person here and each, per, each person tuning in online that we all respond in the way that you desire us to so that you get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.